And one other thing I didn't mention, but how people name their babies, really interesting fact, what they choose to name their babies and what that baby's name means comes out during labor almost every time. So name meanings are very important in the Bible and they're actually very important to me too. Success is not a straight line. Podcast. Today's guest is Laura O'Brien, a Christian midwife and owner of Life Midwife. I'm a a licensed certified professional midwife and I provide prenatal care during pregnancy. I provide labor and delivery and actually deliver the baby and postpartum care to the mother and the newborn as well as the family. So how did you come into this profession? Is it something that you knew right away that you wanted to be a midwife or did it come naturally? Well, I didn't know right away, but even from the youngest age, I was nurturing baby dolls, pretending to have little children around. So if I look back, it was compassion and care for family was always inside of me, but I didn't know I would become a midwife. So when did you know that you are called to be a midwife? Because I think it's more of a calling than a profession. It certainly is a calling. Yeah, the Lord basically put it on my heart later in life. But the first birth I ever attended, I didn't plan to be there. I was 17 years old and someone I know called me to their labor and delivery room at the hospital and asked me to be there with her. She was a younger mom. I had never been around birth. I actually didn't even know the basics of my anatomy at that point in time, but it didn't matter because what I found out was coaching came naturally to me, helping this woman and encouraging her and and knowing what to say came so naturally. Even at 17, I was surprised. And I remember tears of joy when the baby was born and handholding and just supporting her through every step of this process and the elation at the end where I just knew inside of me something felt right about that. And her mother was there, didn't know what to say and asked me later, how did you know what to say? And I couldn't even answer the question. It just came. It just arrived when I needed it, the right words to encourage her through the process. So I was researching before, uh, like how did you know that midwife is the pathway instead of becoming an OBGYN or being a, I think it's a doula. Do you call it a doula? Yeah, so my path actually looked nothing like the path of becoming a birth care provider until I had my first baby. So skip to I was, I think, 24. And I actually was in a hospital that I worked at, not in the field of midwifery. And I delivered my baby naturally and thought I needed a lot more support during that process. And I think I'd like to help people. So I decided to quit my job, mostly so I could stay home with my baby baby and become a certified childbirth educator so I could educate families so it wouldn't be a scary process for them. And I also became a doula actually. So a doula provides just the the mental, emotional, informational support, but no medical support. And a midwife provides the medical support as well as nutritional support, as well as emotional, physical, mental support. So midwifery is definitely a step up from that. And it's the actual provider of care, but I started as a doula and a childbirth educator. And I did that successfully for about 10 years. And actually, I did not intend to go into midwifery so soon, but a life event happened. And I found myself unexpectedly unmarried, had gone through a divorce, I had three little kids, and I actually wanted to pursue midwifery when they became teenagers. But the Lord spoke to my heart that it was time to do that, even as I was a single mom with babies. So I I went 
went through and finished midwifery school and educated in an apprentice style method as well as book work and passed my eight hour exam eventually and all the checklists of prenatal care and things you have to do to get my certified professional midwife license and my state license. Um, that is different than a hospital birth based midwife. They have uh, OB care over them and they also deal with high risk clientele. Uh, in my birth setting, I'm dealing with natural methods of pain relief and coaching. And so we won't see um, the high risk people out of hospital in a birth center or at home where I deliver. But I chose this path because it's a much more intrinsic care, much more family oriented, much more preventative. And I get to be the solid person for this family in their life rather than when you go through an OB or some other offices, there's a lot of bouncing around and interruption of care. And sometimes things can be missed and you really don't have anyone giving you the, the nutritional, emotional support, as well as the, the mental, physical, informational support and the medical care when you go through a different option as a low risk woman. High risk women need to be with an OB and that's important and we're grateful for them. But for me, I chose this area because home is where the heart is. Home is where the family is. And I love home birth. I love being able to help people in their own home, even at a birth center, help them have that natural experience so they don't have to rely on a medical system or medications forcing them to go through contractions faster or not eating and not drinking. There's a lot more freedom for whole health care um, in what I do. So I like to be able to provide all the care and all the essential elements. And because I'm a Christian midwife, I can even provide spiritual support as well. So it's really a pleasure to be able to help people in this way. It's a lot more whole heart. So I just want to go back to that particular moment when you said that uh, you heard in your heart at the time, mm -hmm. like to go into the certification exam. Like, how did you hear that? Because a lot of people who are figuring out their business or figuring out their career are trying to listen to God, but they can't seem to hear him. Yeah. So at that point, I'd been a childbirth educator for a while, and I even volunteered my time at crisis pregnancy centers, helping people in desperate situations. And I just got very comfortable with the role of childbirth educator and doula, but always as the side thing that I did, never the main thing. And I was raising a family. And honestly, when I went through the divorce and found myself a single mom of three babies, I did not expect the Lord to say, now's the time to go get your licensure. And so for about a year, I just did what I was already doing. And I went to a retreat um, to get away with the Lord and to hear. And someone did pray for me and confirmed what was already rising up in my heart, that I was wrong to think it's that when my children were older was the right time. Sometimes the right time for you to do something is when God puts it on your heart, but it may actually look like the least likely time. And I find that a lot, that sometimes it looks like the least likely situation. And this was definitely that because I actually had to move locations, move states to finish my midwifery apprenticeship. So a single mom of three moving to a completely foreign location to do several years of apprenticeship work didn't look like God's call on my life, but you know, it was, and I knew in my heart very firmly, I think the Lord seated it there that now is the time to make that change. Even when it looked opposite to everybody's natural mind, the Holy Spirit just quickened it inside of me. No, this is time and you can do it. And I looked at going to the Philippines to work in the Philippines. And I looked at some other states, but the same 
state in America came up three different times and the Lord confirmed it. And within a few months confirmed that that was where I needed to move to, to finish my midwifery school. So it looks to me that you have, you can hear from God from early on in your life, because um, you mentioned that when you attended the retreat, someone confirmed what you've been sensing in the spirit. And I think a lot of people just go to someone to get a word and not mm -hmm. really doing the work of hearing for themselves to confirm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think that's really important. And so when you say that, when you said that uh, it didn't look like uh, God's plan in the middle of the apprenticeship, how did you get over that uh, thinking that, oh, maybe this is not that doubt? How did you get over that? Well, part of it is my character and nature is very persistent. So there's hope for those of you that have some persistence in you or were told you were that kind of a child. Uh, I call it faith. It's it's basically a knowing that as bad as it looks, there is a way that you can't see. And as long as you're stepping out on faith that God will meet you. And, you know, a lot of people feel this way, even about having kids or when to start a family, that there's going to be some perfect time. But the reality is there's not, there's not the perfect time. And sometimes you just have to step out in faith and trust the Lord. And so if he's confirmed something to me, especially if he's confirmed it, you know, three or four times, there becomes a really solid knowing inside of me that will help me push out of my comfort zone to do something scary and large. And so he also provides grace for that. If it's not God, there won't be the grace. But if it is God, he'll help you step out of the boat, so to speak, and walk on the water. And I, I can tell you the truth, it was very, very difficult. I mean, a single mom in a new place, not knowing anyone. Um, you know, I did have one relative that lived here, but he was here very, very erratically. And and I had some, some hard times. I had lots of nighttime tears. I had to find babysitters at two in the morning so I can go to a birth because that's how this works. You don't get to schedule when a baby is born. <laughs> and yet God's grace on it is the only way that you can really accomplish the goal. And it has to be something birthed in the spirit into you for a career or a job rather than just seated and birthed in human flesh and willing, willing to do this thing. So for me, I believe that during that really awful year of after the divorce, um, the Lord actually took that seed and, and put the idea of now is the time into me and then and then activated the plan and gave me grace for the plan. And the grace is very step by step. You know, you get the light for the next step. But after those three years of walking through that, uh, my life completely changed and I remarried and uh, I passed my exams. I started my own practice eventually. And then there was a new level of learning. And so he doesn't keep you at one level. I will say in this field, there is not one birth that's ever exactly the same as another. I kind of like that. I like that it's not rote and memorized. Um, this the, the things that work in one situation don't work in another. So I try to provide a uh, arsenal of weaponry, so to speak, tools to use for each situation. And I have a lot of information that it has been lost from uh, hospital birth or, or just purely medical care. And so for instance, baby positioning and uh, comfort measures and, and just whole health. So what I provide is so much more than uh, simply just delivering a baby. You know, if I just did that, I think maybe I wouldn't feel it as a call, but because what I provide is also spiritually founded in me as a coach, as, as bringing out the best in somebody, um, that is what I do. So. so you mentioned earlier that like people actually invite you to their home. 
for birth. So do you think that that is the reason why a lot of Christians are looking specifically for Christian midwives? And how do you think that is important when looking for one? Yeah, I think it's amazing what the Bible says about home and family. And I honestly feel like society almost pushes in the opposite direction of home and family. So I agree with you. I think a lot of Christians want a Christian midwife. Some of us also choose to homeschool. And so birth in the home, homeschooling our kids might be something that we're looking for because we want godly values in our family. And honestly, there's a lot more understanding of values in the home than there is outside of the home where you're going to have value conflicts with people. And so in something as important as how your baby is delivered, I think the care provider is the one most important thing that you have control over in who you go to. And so, yes, Christians definitely choose Christian midwives when they can, because they know those values are going to be the same. So even if it's something as simple as worship music playing during the delivery and they're in their own home, it also prevents uh, the problem that you see a lot of times in out-of-home births with the the fight or flight syndrome, where people will shut down their own labors um, because they're scared. So if you're in your own home and you can have a Christian midwife supporting you, then why wouldn't you want that extra support, you know? And so it, it leads to a much better outcome. I think babies are healthier and mamas are healthier when they have the kind of support they need. And so Christians looking for Christian midwives, that's a wonderful thing. I will also say there is a supernatural or spiritual effect with labor and delivery. I like to tell people that what I do in the physical realm is important. So I provide the medical care. I can work on a baby. I can revive a baby. I can do all those things. But what I do on a spiritual level is also very important. And those two are overlaid for the delivery. So I can see spiritually even what's going on in the dynamics during that birth as well as physically and help bring forth that baby through sometimes a lot of adversity. So what they're getting with a Christian midwife is also hopefully a spiritual support person for that process. So can you paint us a picture of like how is it to partner with you as a mid as a Christian midwife during pregnancy, during birth, and maybe postpartum? Because for first time mothers, maybe they don't know what it would look like. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of myths out there about midwives that, you know, perhaps we don't know what we're doing or we're not going to provide full care. It is actually full care. It's just more holistic. So for instance, if somebody signs up with me around 10 or 12 weeks of pregnancy, I would go to their home. And usually we do a consult first so we can make sure that it's a right fit. And I try to be very honest in that consult about who I am and what I believe. The Lord did call me actually out of a midwife practice specifically to be in my own Christian midwife practice. So he called me as a Christian midwife. So I actually, I put that out there up front so that people know this is who I am. This is what I believe. And then it's also an interview chance for them. So they get to interview me and see if that's a good fit. If they hire me, then I start prenatal care at 12 weeks and I see them monthly throughout the pregnancy and on the same schedule an OB would. So eventually it's every two weeks and eventually it's weekly. And I go to their home and I provide some medical care. So I'm going to take all their vitals and I'm going to tell them what their urinalysis is and I'm going to get their weights and, and basically give the medical side. But during that appointment, I'm also asking them about what they're eating, how much protein 
protein they're getting? What kind of water intake? Do they have any aches and pains? So I do primarily preventative care and we prevent problems in the pregnancy if they start early care. And so their nutrition feels better. Perhaps they're feeling low energy. Well, I have five to 10 things I can tell them right away that will make a difference for their energy level. So once we do all the prenatal care, by the time we get to the actual labor and delivery, they've developed a trust relationship with me to where we have this understanding. We've worked through some things. The emotions have been heard. The fears have been heard. The family members, I know them by that, by that time. I know their kids. And you know, it's, it's very normal for me to come into their home. And usually they're looking forward to that. So the labor and delivery, then I've asked them what their vision plan is for that. And I try to adhere to that as best as possible. And then we work through the labor and delivery together. Now, sometimes I'm literally there days and sometimes it's very quick, but because I provide a global midwifery care package, it's not an hourly package. It's all the prenatal care, the actual labor and delivery, and then a two-day visit for mom and baby after the birth in their home again, so they don't have to go anywhere and a two-week visit at home and a six-week visit at home. And they can choose to take their baby to a pediatrician if something were abnormal or if they wanted additional care. Um, and then after six weeks, they can just go to a pediatrician anyway. So that's what I provide in my package. So if someone is expecting, when do they look for a midwife? Is it when they are planning to have a baby, but they are already know that they have a baby on the way? Yeah, ideally it is either when they're planning to have a baby or when they're recently pregnant and, and want to, uh, you know, actually personally, I feel like they should start researching before they have a baby. So I offer a childbirth education class online. There's lots of people that'll talk about a natural birth and the benefits to that. Um, those are things they want to look into before they have kids if possible. So they can start on that course and, and that path. And then after they're pregnant, that's a good time to start interviewing because from one to 12 weeks, really there's not a lot of care happening. And so they can, they have that window to interview, but it's never too late to change care providers. This is a piece of hope for those of you that are, you know, 39 weeks and counting. Um, it's actually okay to change providers. If you just have this feeling inside of you that this isn't the right person for me, you know, maybe, maybe you haven't been told that you can have a home birth from family members. Maybe there's negativity with that, but I have seen people actually switch. I mean, that's not as ideal because you want to, you want to build the relationship first, but I just want to encourage people that you're not stuck in a bad situation. If the baby is still inside, you can kind of find the right provider still. So up until the time of birth, it's okay to change care, but uh, ideally it's in the first trimester. So where does the man, <laughs> where is the man in the picture? I, because uh, I think men do need to be part of this and maybe part of the birth plan or something. Absolutely. So it's actually the kind of care that I provide is, is very whole family. If there are kids involved already and the family is all there for the prenatals, the kids are involved in helping to measure mommy and different things. Uh, the husband is really important. Um, he actually sometimes needs more of an education than the woman about what this will be like. So he will not be afraid <laughs> because I think if he doesn't know how to help, it can be scary for him, but he is integral in her birth process. And especially if he's supportive. So usually with a home birth in a Christian home, I actually intentionally have both parents there for many of these prenatal visits. So I can talk to them. They can both be comfortable with me. We can go over the birth plan. We can talk about how he is best going to help. And at home, a lot of times dads want to catch their baby and I'm okay with that. So, you know, 
if a dad wants to get really involved and be the first hands on his baby and, and bring baby up to mama, he can. Um, you know, if a dad is, uh-uh, that's not me, just keep me by my wife, but I don't really want to be involved in that process, said, okay, I've got this. You are going to support her in this way that works for her. And so we talk through a lot of that, but actually she does much better with him present. And I actually try to not go to the birth too early during those early labor contractions, but to talk to them on the phone a lot and let dad be the primary support person for mom so they can bond together. They made this baby together and they should be able to have that special one-on-one time, especially early in labor to, to get bonded, to get relaxed, to understand that this is a special moment. And so I help him as well, you know, and I have a rule, no feigning, no passing out for moms or dads. And I tell them both, you know, you both have to eat, you have to take breaks, you have to rest. And, and then sometimes when it comes time for, for instance, if prayer is needed, I really want the dad to be willing to pray. If he's a Christian dad, that's great um, because he can bless that baby and, and help with the process. So I think fear and worry is high during this time. So what do you see is the difference between men and women on how they handle the fears and what fears they have? Mm-hmm. And also, how do you help them with that? Yeah, that's that's a loaded question because every couple is different. Every birth is different again. But in general, um, men, when they're afraid, they're, they're, I'm, I'll read their facial cues. And a lot of times they'll, they'll look concerned as if they don't know what's happening. So I'll coach them and, okay, for instance, transition, there's shaking. That's normal. I remember one dad thought maybe she's going to have a seizure. I said, no, this is normal. So I, I do a lot of reassurance for men about the steps of labor. And I provide the education before we get to labor so they'll know what those different steps sound like and look like. And so with them, it's a lot more reassuring and or giving solid informative statements, information about what's going on. With women, the fears are inside of them and they're not able to vocalize that all the time. So I I have to rely a lot on the prenatal care we've done. So I've identified fears in advance before we get to labor. And then also what helps them relax so we can talk and we can pray. But one of the things I teach in my childbirth class is to stay out of the cycle, the downward cycle of fear, creating tension in the body, creating pain. Uh, To stay out of a fear, tension, pain type cycle, the best way to get a fear out, to make it lose its power is to speak it out loud. Because in labor, the fear just swirls around in the mom's head and doesn't really get dealt with unless she vocalizes it. So I tell her if she's willing to vocalize any fear at that moment in time to do so. And when she does, I can speak to that issue. I can say the the remedy or a simple thing like this part won't last forever. Why don't we try something different or get in the water? And I can I can alleviate the fear or even if it feels like an irrational fear, if it's holding her up, the whole labor will change course. So I actually do a lot of work to get moms to be open enough to say if there's a fear rattling around in their head and then to provide that verbal affirmation and that information if needed. So I feel like hearing from God is essential in what you do because you are not just reading the cues like facial cues have, but they are saying and also it's about sensing what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. Thankfully, after as many births as I've attended, they're all still different, but there are some things I can recognize even on a spiritual level if anxiety is present. Um, also, who a, a family invites into their room at the birth center or at home can positively or negatively affect that. And I've seen that be interesting too, where sometimes they just need to get more alone to be able to really trust this process and trust God. Ultimately, I like to lead 
lead that mom to the Lord, even during labor and delivery. So the, the prayer and the turning toward Jesus to just say, I need your help. I need your strength. I need your grace. We just always look up. And then I'm such an encourager naturally that, that I like to encourage the mom the whole time. But I will say sometimes I encounter things that are more challenging than other birth situations or a conundrum. And for me, I do tend to withdraw for maybe five or 10 minutes to another room if it's not essential that I'm right there coaching. And what they don't always realize is I am praying and I am listening to the Lord and I'm saying, okay, what do I need here? What's this situation? What do I need to speak to or address in this? Sometimes it's as simple as a position change in an actual practical way or some rest and energy and try again. You know, waiting can be an answer. Sometimes we're just wanting labor to go faster and we really need to wait. So I try to get my instructions from the Lord in the moment for sure. Um, But every once in a while, I do just take a few minutes to go, this one's different. What do I need in this situation? So I'm just wondering for single mothers out there who are expecting, Mm -hmm. um, how would that look like, especially if they don't have someone to be with them? So I try to bring a really nice birth assistant with me who's also a Christian and can provide the doula care while I'm doing the midwifery care so that every mom can have a support person assigned to her as well as the midwife. And so I feel like between me and my assistant, she's going to have enough support. And because I've walked through being a single mom before, I actually understand some of the unique challenges that come with that of knowing that the father of this child isn't a support person and is rather opposed. And maybe she doesn't even feel good about herself, but she loves this baby. And so I definitely think that with a powerful, prayerful midwife and potentially a a doula or a Christian doula rather, that is a good team for a single mom. So do you have any advice to those family members, maybe the grandparents or the neighbors who want to give gifts to new parents or those who are expecting to add to their family? What gifts would they appreciate? Is it having packed meals sent to their home or something else? Yeah, it's interesting because baby number one, a lot of people pull out all the stops and give them all the baby things and provide all the meals, but you actually need that a little bit more on subsequent kids. Because by the time I had three little babies in a row in my own life, I thought, well, there aren't people bringing meals and there aren't people doing the things they did with the first. And now I'm more in need of somebody simply to take the other kids to the playground or park or do a load of laundry or the dishes. So it becomes more practical with each kid, the kind of help you need rather than just throwing money at it. But if they were the kind of person who lived far away and they really needed to give a gift, you know, honestly, um, a, a doula gift card or a postpartum doula gift card are really helpful. Or even if, if say, if it is somebody who can't afford a home birth, because a lot of times we're out of pocket, not all insurance companies cover home birth midwives. Um, you know, it'd be nice to have uh, gift certificates for that too, because a lot of times I hear from moms going, I desperately want this. My husband, we can't afford it. So I, I personally make payment plans and a lot of midwives will even barter depending on where you live. But, um, but sometimes it's just not doable without the gifts from others. The practical things for mom and baby, I tend to be a bit more holistic in this. So little tummy enzymes and nutritional support things are also important. Um, But a childbirth education class you can buy online or even a newborn care class. And sometimes parents just need information. Do you have a sense right now of maybe what God wants to share with anyone who is listening at this? Yeah, try again and keep going, keep moving forward in this process because 
because just because you've had, you know, one bad experience, a lot of people have a bad experience sometimes doesn't mean all the births have to look that way or, or all the, the children that they uh, want to bring forth have to be brought forth in, in even pain. You know, the Bible talks about we're redeemed from the curses. So I had one baby that was a pain-free childbirth, completely 100%. And I didn't even think that was possible. So I'm just saying there's always more. There's always more for you in the kingdom of heaven than you could ever ask or imagine. So keep trying and don't give up. And I say that a lot during labor. Life is actually like a labor cycle. And so if you give up when the pressure is on and when things are really not great, then you're missing that I'm almost there and that breakthrough moment and whatever you do for the Lord, there'll always be such a gigantic reward that it's so worth it. And it's payback for all the tears that you went through to have such suddenlies of joy. It's really worth it to persist for a good thing. So for those who are not in your area, can they find you online or can they find your course online? Yeah, they can email me through my website. It's www.lifemidwife.net and they can purchase that through an email with me. I also do a personalized childbirth education class that is four hours long. That's a separate cost. But if somebody wants me to Zoom into their home and teach them a little bit and do a more individualized class, I can do that. The one hour class is very basic and it's okay if they're birthing in a hospital or at home. It's just meant to give them the stages of labor and a little bit more confidence in the process. So are these classes one-on-one or are they group classes? You know, the first one is just video classes and, and they can do that in their own time. So the one hour class that is for anyone, whether they've had one baby or, or 10, it's a, it's, it's a very simply put review of all the stages with some added emotional helps. And so that one is just a video class that they can take in their own time. They'll gain access to that when they purchase the class. And then the, the group classes in person, obviously they won't be able to make that, but the online class that is directed toward the individual couple, if they hire me to teach a class in their home, that one is just private. It's a private childbirth class to that couple. And that's a four hour class. Maybe we can close this interview with you blessing and praying for those respected mothers out there. Yeah, I love you. Yeah, Lord Jesus, I just thank you for children. I thank you that it's a gift, no matter what they are born into, no matter what these women have experienced. I thank you that they're able to carry a child and birth a child. And I thank you that it can be free from fear. And I just pray a blessing over every woman that watches this, that they will feel and know the love of the Lord and that they will know the call of God on their life and on their child's life. I thank you for blessing these women and I pray you bring them through every doubt, every circumstance, everything that looks opposite of good into the promised land. In Jesus' name, amen. The conversation continues and here Laura shared the story of how God nudged her to focus on becoming a Christian midwife. There was a group of midwives I was working with. And I mean, there's a lot I didn't say, but there's a group of midwives I was working with as a new midwife. And the more prayer I did, the more deliverance I did, the more was exposed in that practice. The this downside of working with other out-of-hospital midwives is sometimes they get into a lot of new age and a lot of witchcraft. And so I was encountering that and I'm a Christian midwife. And so it all boiled down to one birth on a resurrection Sunday 
and I had a dream. The Lord gave me a dream about this woman and her abnormal bleeding. And I thought we need to be at a hospital for this birth. And the midwife wouldn't listen to me and didn't transfer her. And then during that labor and delivery, when she had bleeding afterwards, I had to stay and basically keep her alive and speak to her on a spiritual level. You're going to stay here. And, and so doing all the medical things, but also literally standing in the gap for this woman. And I was glad to be able to help her. Thankful the Lord had me in place, but I actually missed the, the baptisms of three of my kids. And that was really hard because I was saving this person's life. And it was all from the other midwife not listening to me when I had this warning dream and just a knowing on top of the medical, we needed to not be in that location. And the Lord, after that, it really felt like a death of something. He called me out of that practice. And he said, you are a Christian midwife, no more mixing. And I'm like, okay, that's who I am. If they're not going to respect who the Lord is in me and listen to that, then I need to not be a part of that. And I lost the fear. There was a fear there before of expressing that I'm a Christian midwife. And I think other midwives have that because it's actually rather frowned upon in some circles. Um, there's a, a bend yeah. in other directions. <laughs> and so for me to actually come out of that practice and go, this is who I am now. And, and now eight years later after that, I feel like God's really done that new level work. And I have talked to people that have said, I specifically was looking for a Christian midwife. And that's refreshing. Yeah, that's very encouraging for me because I just claim, I, I mean, I put it out there that I am a Christian, including oh. to my contact just last year. Really? Yeah. And I received the same instruction to put it out there that I'm a Christian and no more dabbling and no more mixing of other things. That's right. why I'm trying to be more streamlined and more, I guess, vigilant in creating content about this. That's it for this episode. You can watch the other podcast episodes on the Success is Not a Straight Line YouTube channel.